Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. Happy Monday, everyone. Oh my goodness, what a great weekend. I hope you had a fabulous one. I actually went to Women of Christ in West Bend, Wisconsin. It was a beautiful all-day conference, just filled with the Spirit, filled with learning, filled with some moments of reflection, a beautiful confession with incredible counsel from the priest. And I just wanted to share more about our predominant fault. Every single one of us has a unique temperament in our personality. It was there the minute that flash happened when the sperm entered the egg and God gave us a soul. We had a temperament at that moment. And guess what? Evil has been watching us ever since that moment. They know our predominant fault. Do you know your predominant fault? Because if we don't, we are in an uphill battle against the enemy. Our predominant fault is one of the main sins, the root sin in our life that is the one, honestly, we'll be battling until the end of our life. But if we combat it with God in the right way, all of the temptations that come our way with this predominant fault and we walk away from will be true progress in the spiritual life. There is no progress if we don't battle sin. And if we don't battle the sin, we are not going to be open to the grace that God can pour out in us. So we have some stake in the game. We do some of the work, but the rest God does with his grace. So I'll be here for seven days if I go through every single tweaky thing that can be you. And you're going to have to do some of this on your own. I'm going to take a couple of basic examples and you could then look at yourself because we're all different. We all have different kind of personality traits. And I think I can actually look up one of these. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on. Still scrolling. Okay, now I'm just going to read this 
This actually comes from The Predominant Fault by Father Reginald Giroux Larange. And I'm sure I am not pronouncing that right, but just do Father Reginald, R-E-G-I-N-A-L-D, and then do Predominant Fault and it'll come up. But I'm telling you, it's like a thousand pages. It's intense. But that just goes to show how this battle is not as easy as we think. <laughs> I mean, we really have to know how sly and cunning Satan is. Okay, so predominant fault is the defect in us that tends to prevail over the others and thereby over our manner of feeling, judging, sympathizing, willing, and acting. It's a defect that has in each of us an intimate relationship Oops, relation to our individual temperament. There are temperaments inclined to effeminacy, indolence, sloth, gluttony, and sensuality. Others are inclined especially to anger and pride. We do not all climb the same slope toward the summit of perfection. Those who are effeminate by temperament must, by prayer, grace, and virtue become strong. And those who are naturally strong to the point of easily becoming severe must, by working at themselves through prayer and grace, become gentle. Okay? It's really practicing the opposite fault. Or I should say, the opposite virtue. Okay, so let's go back, because I'm going to go back to that article in a minute. Let's go back and figure out how do we even know what our predominant fault is. I'm going to give you a couple things to do, and you have to do it. You have to take it to God. I take it to Jesus and Mary. I've heard from Father Ripperger saying, if you go to Our Lady of Sorrows, and you pray to her to ask her to show you your predominant fault, she will. Because that's the one that is probably, as this author says, this writer, the predominant fault is the biggest worm in the apple. So we may be looking at ourselves, you know, we're a big, pretty piece of fruit, but then when you get inside us, there's a bunch of worms in there. And this one is the biggest, fattest, ugliest one. <laughs> and it rules us. Okay, prayer. Are you surprised it starts with prayer? You shouldn't be. Everything in the spiritual life is prayer. Prayer actually is the vessel. It's the principle of all graces. And if we're not praying, good luck. Honestly, good luck. We all need to be reminded that prayer, 15 minutes at a minimum, to sit with Jesus and Mary, to ask them what they want us to do today, and also to reflect at night. We should be doing an, an examine. We'll get to that. Because if we don't review our day, because half of us aren't paying attention during our day to stop the sin when it's happening. We've got to look back on our life. Okay. Boy, this time is going fast. Prayer. 
ask Jesus, Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows, the Holy Spirit, please help me find out my predominant fault. Again, reflection. It's really important to pay attention (laughs) to what the heck you're doing in your life. Don't just zip through a couple of days and you turn around and you're like, what just happened there? It's living with meaning and purpose. It's walking in the spirit of God, meaning we're talking to God every single moment, thanking him. If we feel anger bubbling up in our stomach, we stop. Holy cow, this is a near occasion of sin. I know this is going to happen. It was great listening to Sonia Corbett. She's a friend and she confesses to everyone her anger issues. And I honestly could not relate at all. That's not me. I mean, this little tiny chick, I'm telling you, if you've ever seen Sonia Corbett, she's like the size of my pinky. (laughs) She's a double zero. And this woman had such anger issues where she would punch holes in the walls and slap people in the face. (laughs) That is shocking, but that just goes to show how different we are, how our worms are unique to us and our own personal temperances, as well as our life, who we grew up with, how we grew up, the trauma we had, the relationships we had, etc. She says she has a huge daddy wound. But in the end, if we don't reflect on our own selves, And ask in the morning, what am I preoccupied with? Either the minute you get up or when you're alone is typically the times that you should be thinking, what am I thinking of? What makes my mind go toward this predominant fault? Want me to do it. That's sin. Maybe it's an addiction. I know myself, I would wake up, I couldn't wait. The first thing I thought was, where is my pot? And how am I going to have that pot with me all day long so that I can smoke it? You could be battling food. That you're eating too much, which is so easy to do. And it's a very different type of addiction. Gluttony is actually the term, if you will where you're just eating and eating and eating to a point where you're excessive weight-wise and you're unhealthy. But yet at the same time, it feels good. It gives you that endorphin, the sugar high, whatever it is. These are just a couple of examples of things that we need to ask ourselves. What about, you know, maybe you're sitting there waiting for the porn flick or something. When can I do this thing? You're preoccupied with it. You have a disordered attachment to it. That's what that means. Okay, then we have to look at what motivates us to commit that sin. That's the hard part. Why do we want to do this? And this can sometimes be really deep and emotional. So you have to sit with yourself and find out the why. We talk so much about how important it is to know why we believe what we believe. 
It's just important to know why we do what we do. So is it a protection mechanism? So for me, I was super insecure in my skin and I was very insecure at my job. I always was waiting for someone to figure out that I didn't know what I was doing. I call it like that, that imposter syndrome. And so for me, in order to kind of get rid of that, I numbed it with drugs. So I never really faced who I was because I didn't realize that I was a child of God, that I didn't have to listen to this culture, that the more I walked with him, the more I found my identity as his daughter and how all this other stuff is just a bunch of bunk and it's ruined my life for 42 years. What motivates you to commit that sin? Okay, the next step. If you have a spiritual director, a faith coach, somebody, ask them what they think your predominant sin is. I'm pretty sure they probably know. They may have even tried to tell you what it was, but yet you are blind to it. This is why I say it's so important to have someone on the journey with you for discernment, to be that honest truth that you need to hear. But yet with love and with help and guidance, not just, you know, pointing out all your faults and saying, good luck with that. And if you don't have a spiritual director, which honestly, I think y'all should, by the way, you know, I am one, please just send me an email, Kendra at KendraVonAsh.com. Lots of you have taken me up on that. I'm so happy. So just reach out. Number two, if you don't have one, ask a spouse, a best friend a parent, but be humble when you, (laughs) when you ask these questions, be humble because they will be honest with you and we want them to be honest with us. We don't want to look at them and then get in a fight about it. Like I am not that. Well, why did you ask me? You know, you have to be humble in order to receive that feedback. And then, seriously, just look at your whole life. I'm sure you're battling lots of sins. I don't know. I remember when I first started doing this walk and I was like, I got to change everything. And that's not the way to approach it. Just look at where are you most tempted, the most frequently attacked area in your life? Where is it? What is it? And then you got to sit with all of these for a while takes a little bit of time. Some of you may be like, I know it immediately. Hello. And that's great. But some, not so much. Okay. Now what do you do? How do you combat it? Hello. Guess what? The first word, prayer. First thing, prayer. Remember, it's the principle of all graces. So all you have to do is ask the Lord, ask Mary, ask Jesus, ask the Holy Spirit to transform you, to take this predominant sin away, if it be their will, to constantly say that you want anything ripped out of your life, killed, torn away, that takes you away from God, that isn't living virtuously and righteously 
with his precepts and his commands. Lord, I want this all taken away. Beg him, make it real, cry. This is your communication to God. Then the daily examine. It's the examination of conscience at night. You can even do it in bed if you don't fall asleep. It does not take that long. You'll be amazed how quickly you can go through your day. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, whoa, well, I certainly fell into sin that time. What did I, oh yeah, I was just going about life, never even thought about God. Boom, ran right into that. (laughs) And guess who was waiting right around the corner, seeing that we were doing exactly what we always do, And the pattern was there, and boom, all he had to do. Satan and his minions was just push on that little weak spot in our wall. The chink in the armor, whatever you want to call it. That's what they do. They watch us and watch us and watch us. Now, another way of doing it, and St. Ignatius says this, and this is in my prayer thing, it's kind of journaling, and I'm not so good at journaling. Some people are great at it. I just met Nancy Salerno this past weekend on my little wonderful spiritual getaway, and I never met her before, and she was great. She says that she has a journal with her all the time, and God constantly speaks to her, and she writes it down, and she reflects. And the poor girl left it in her car when she sold it to CarMax, and now she can't find it, so we got her a brand new one. But it's amazing to see her put her heart in this journal. And then she says she reflects throughout the day, and she says it really helps her. And so that could be something. And again, St. Ignatius says, write all the times down that you came in and in front of this sin. And what did you do? And why maybe did you do that is another, <laughs> is another question. But the third one is, look, we have to have a sanction, some bodily mortification, a penance, a penalty, something that after we do it, we make reparation for it. So maybe your deal is you eat too much and you're way overweight. So you decide that your action is going to be, I'm going to put my fork down or push myself away from the table. Or that you're not going to eat standing up. Or if you do, then you, you know, sit down and on your knees and you pray an Our Father, a Hail Mary or a Glory Be. Or something to... Make reparations. It's just as if you sin and you go to confession and then you have your penance. The more that we make it uncomfortable, and you know what? It could even be something like this. Honey, I drank too much. I ate too much. I did whatever, too many drugs too much. I watched porn. You can have someone that you can go to that you have to tell them, kind of like your accountability partner, and then maybe together you pray. It has to be uncomfortable. It's not, it shouldn't just be like, oh, Lord, I'm really sorry for doing that. And you say it for like two seconds and on your day you go. <laughs> you have to make it somewhat of a punishment of some kind, right? That's what we need to do. And last but not least, I'm going to read this last little thing from this 1,000-page double-volume book (laughs) that we all should take to heart before we wrap up. Okay. Without this struggle, 
There is no interior joy or peace, for the tranquility of order or peace comes from the spirit of sacrifice. It alone establishes interiorly in order by putting to death all that is inordinate in us. <laughs> I got to tell you, this is this is such a small print. Let me read it again because it's really, really important. Without this struggle, there is no interior joy or peace for the tranquility of order or peace comes from the spirit of sacrifice. It alone establishes us interiorly in order by putting to death all that is inordinate in us. Okay, so sacrificial love, that's the definition of Catholicism. There are many other Christian faiths, health and wealth. There is no sacrificial love. Jesus' existence was sacrificial all that he sacrificed for the love of us and for our salvation is what we need to look back on and remember that we need to sacrifice. We're not going to make any progress in the interior peace and joy that all of us are seeking if we don't commit some of these bodily mortifications, if we don't make sacrifices to push these sins away. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? But all we have to do is live every day. Don't be overwhelmed by the things that you have to do. Oh my gosh, I have so many sins I need to correct. Or I know my predominant sin and it's been a problem for me for my whole life. And I've, I'm, I don't know how to do it. Well, that's where you pray. That's where you get God in. You can't do it by yourself. God's grace finishes it. I go back to my diet after diet after diet after diet. My bulimia. All of that stuff. It came from me being insecure about myself because of what the world told me I needed to look like. Once I realized who I was as the child of God, I didn't care much about my physical self as far as the world looked at me. I went gray, haven't colored my hair for about a year. If I gain or lose some weight, oh well. You know, sometimes I don't have this obsession with food anymore. And that's a grace. Because I didn't want to be actually... I wanted to be able to come on to videos without makeup on and to be a relatable person and not have to worry about what other people thought of me. So it was a detachment, six, seven months exercise with God. And then the more that I became his daughter, the more I loved everything about me. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not taking care of myself. But it's not the same as me saying, I want to fit in that size six pair of pants that I have in my closet because the world wants me to look that way and I'm going to be filled with vanity in myself 
No, it's a big, big difference. It's more that I want the Holy Spirit to shine as much as he possibly can in this body that is not mine, that was purchased for a great price. And I want the Lord's love and kindness to shine through. I don't want to gunk it all up with extra weight, with extra sugar, with extra alcohol and drugs and you know, blah. you don't want to gunk it up because you want the Holy Spirit to have full reign. Because when you do drink too much or when you do do drugs or when you eat too much, you push that Holy Spirit down because you are acting in a gluttonous way. You are committing vice. You are not exhibiting the spirit of temperance, which is self-control, which is God's spirit. It all seems so simple, doesn't it? But yet we just don't pay attention or we decide, but we don't act or we decide to do it, but we don't pray through it. That was the difference. When I invited God into my heart, the detachment of what the world thought about me went away. I mean, I wore flip-flops with my outfit all weekend long, not caring about whether someone cared whether I was wearing flip-flops or not on a 40-degree day. There's freedom in that. And there's freedom from that food, from that alcohol, from that porn, from that anger, from that resentment and that judgment, from that anxiety, that fear, that worry. There's freedom from all of it if we just pay attention and live every day with God. So let's pray. I know this is <laughs> this is getting long, but we need it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, our Lady of Sorrows, Jesus, Holy Spirit, please, we beg you, we beseech you to pour into our hearts and our minds our predominant fault. What is it that we need to work on with you, with the mediatrix of grace, Mary and Jesus and the sanctifier, the Holy Spirit? How can we together combat all of these vices in our lives? Help us to have the desire to pray and to be humble enough to ask you in. Help us every day just live in today, not tomorrow. We don't need to worry about what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear. We need to live in today, paying attention, celebrating the triumphs and the victories and learning from the times that we fall because we weren't calling on you or we weren't paying attention or we let our body master us. Help us to also continue with an examination because the only way we're going to learn is if we reflect and pray and ask you to put things in our hearts, our minds, and our souls so that transformation can truly happen in our lives. Anything can happen with you, God, and nothing can happen without you. Why don't we realize this? 
Why don't we talk to you every day, Lord? We believe. Help our unbelief. Please pour out more faith and trust in you. More humility so we come to you. More gratitude so we thank you. And more spiritual warfare so that we can fight with you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, everyone. I love you all. You've got this. We. I'm I'm fighting this stuff too. Every single person is constantly battling their predominant fault until they're dead. Till they die and pass from this earth. But... It becomes progress and spiritual development. The more that we turn from it, master it, make sacrifices and penance for the times that we fall and we show the devil that, look, it's not my body and my urges that I want here. It's to love God and to please God. And the sooner that we flip our mind to God, Oh, God, help me out here. Oh, God, help me out here. I mean, cry out to him if you have to at that moment. I guarantee you those minions are going to be ticked off and they're going to know, darn it, she's, she or he is starting this. If it, gets, if it takes on what I think it's going to take on, this is not going to be good for me, says the minion, because he is seriously watching you. Humble yourself and call on God's grace. And that is not what they want. So let's be smarter and more spiritual. Okay, I'm leaving you now. I love you. I'm, this is almost a half an hour, so I'm trying to wrap it up. Find something more with God. Your freedom from all this stuff. It's been keeping you down for way too long. It's done. See you, Satan. Bye, little minions. You're going to have to go find another soul to torment. Because we want that interior peace and joy and love that comes from sacrificing and fighting against vice. Have a blessed and inspired day.